other day. When you get an opportunity in this game, you make a play. The playmakers on three. One, two, three. Touchdown, Kansas City. The Chiefs are right in the thick of it, baby. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this bi-week playoff edition of Defending the Kingdom. Mitch Holtis with you, Voice of the Chiefs, along with senior team reporter Matt McMullen. This is an episode we'll call What Just Happened? Because <laughs> we're going to take a review and look at what has been an amazing 2022 regular season and how it gets the Chiefs ready now, hopefully for a playoff run. But, Matt, in many ways, this has been a remarkable season. We're going to go through each phase, offense, defense, and special teams, what we think is a noteworthy stat, surprising stat, and maybe a key moment. Uh, but let's jump into around the world. It's been interesting, though, because we, we saw fans uh, in Las Vegas, because that was like having a Chiefs Kingdom show when we did Field Pass, literally. And you know who you were. There were thousands there. And I felt like it, we should have had Weird Wolf and Snowstorm Sandy and all those people that show up on Monday nights for the Kingdom show because it was wild and crazy and live and spectacular. Yeah, I'm pulling out my phone here because we had one guy who I wrote his name down. I believe it was Mike from California yep. in the black hole, yeah. but all in, like, red Chiefs gear. Yeah, and he right? goes, Mission me out defending the kingdom. Yeah, yeah. Mike, it's for you. Yeah, shout out yeah. to Mike. Yeah. Um, then we also have some people that responded on YouTube. So we have Doug in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, Matthew in West Virginia, been a fan since 1993. Ian in Wichita, probably still celebrating Blake Bell's touchdown from a few weeks ago. <laughs> They've had parades, and it's yeah. been crazy in Wichita. Been a great few weeks. Yeah. Uh, Ray is in Mesa, Arizona. Hopefully uh, – Ray can support us in the Super Bowl here in a handful yep. of weeks. That would be great. Uh, Cheryl is in Orlando. Terry is in Buckeye, Arizona. And then we have a listener in Versailles, Missouri. Not Versailles, Versailles, Missouri. That a kid, man. You're, you're <laughs> knocking down these regional. I'm doing my best. What? Isn't it Nevada? No, it's Nevada, Missouri, right? <laughs> Our Kansas City. And yes, Versailles. Yep. <sighs> yeah, that's what we got. Which I asked that question, too. Why is it at Versailles? No, it's a Versailles, so get Versailles. it right. Very good. A lot of Arizona flavor in that group. Kind of like it, right? I do, too. Yeah. Let's hope it's uh, they're somewhat clairvoyant and <laughs> the Chiefs are headed to Super Bowl 57, but there's a lot of work to do. The AFC is loaded. The bracket is set. But the best news, if you're in the Chiefs' kingdom, is the fact that we will watch uh, six other teams just kind of slug it out and see when the smoke clears uh, who the Chiefs will be playing in the divisional uh, round here at GEHA Field at Arrowhead Stadium. But it's given us a chance. It's given the team a chance. And you and I were so coveting this bye week for everyone in the organization. Uh, for the team, though, in particular, and, and honestly, the staff, uh, because that's this staff of Andy Reid grinds like no other. But the younger guys, to me, it's important for them to get an emotional playing so good. This is one of the youngest teams in the playoffs. Uh, people don't realize that, this Chiefs team. But they get a chance to back up emotionally to kind of recharge. And then for the older veterans, a guy like Travis Kelsey, to get an essentially a kind of a virtual blood transfusion to get ready for the playoffs. I think Kelsey needed as much as anybody. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, first of all, it's basically a playoff win, right? You're automatically in the divisional round. And now with the seven-team playoff field, only one team gets the bye. It's huge. Everyone else has to play this weekend, and yeah. we don't. We can sit at home, uh, eat some uh, – chips and dip, you know, order a pizza and just watch football all weekend, which is going to be glorious, by the way, because we never really get to do that. But uh, it's huge. It's basically a playoff win for the Chiefs. And one thing we've talked about for weeks now is the way the AFC playoff field is set up. If you think that Buffalo and Cincinnati are two of the top Super Bowl contenders, aside from the Chiefs and the AFC, those two teams have to go through each other now. Yeah, It is impossible for the Chiefs to play both the Bengals and the Bills 
during this playoff run. It's impossible. Those two teams will have to play each other if they both win this weekend before an eventual AFC championship game. So the Chiefs have to take care of business in the divisional round, but that's a big deal, not having to play both Cincinnati and Buffalo if we're looking at this thing long term. Yeah, once the weekend clears, we'll find out who we're going to play in the divisional round. But to your point, half the field will be eliminated in the AFC. The other half will have used fuel to get through those games. And that all adds up. So it gives us a chance to, and don't ask us who we want to play or who we think's the, no, 10 years of Andy Reid, I've seen that face. I've seen that, those eyebrows go where you don't want it to go. Like, don't even ask me who we want to play because I can give you a case that you'd want to play all of them or none of them, okay? It's just who's there, play them. And that's what this team has done with Patrick Mahomes winning eight playoff games over the last four seasons and Andy Reid winning nine playoff games as head coach of the Chiefs in 10 seasons where it took 21 seasons uh, to get to that point to get a one playoff win in the wild card round in 2015. But let's just talk about what just happened. What just happened over these 18 NFL regular season weeks? And we're going to jump in to the most noteworthy stat of the offense. And I'm going to let you go first on all of these. That's and, not fair. Well, no, it's good. I'll let you go, and then I'll just see where we're at, and I might just tag yours. So, um Okay, we'll go back and forth. Yeah, All right. yeah that's most, not fair. Most that's noteworthy not fair. stat of the offense this year, what'd you have? Okay, well, you know me. Whenever I have a chance to give you one, I'm going to give you like 45. But <laughs> it's all in the same narrative, right? So for me, and this seems very obvious, but there were so many questions from the outside about the offense this year. Can the offense possibly be as explosive as it's been? Is the offense going to take a step back? And the answer to that question is a resounding uh, yes, they can be as explosive as they were in previous years because it was the number one scoring offense in the NFL, uh, averaging 29.2 points per game. Uh, they led the NFL in first downs with 408, and they led the NFL in net yards per game at 413.6. And behind that, of course, was Patrick Mahomes having an MVP season. Uh, he led the NFL in passing yards. He was 511 more than second place. He led the NFL in passing touchdowns, six more than second place. He led the NFL in passing first downs, 35 more than second place. And finally, he led the NFL in passes of 25 or more yards, 14 more than second place. This offense was remarkable in many ways. It was better than last year's offense. And what a way to answer all of those doubts and questions from outside the kingdom prior to the year to have, no big deal, just the best offense in the NFL. Love it. To me, and to get to those numbers, it's like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey had the best Italian restaurant in the Chiefs' kingdom, and they opened up a Tex-Mex restaurant, and it was as good or sometimes <laughs> even better than the Italian restaurant they had, which was the getting five-star ratings all throughout the Chiefs' kingdom yeah. because they cooked this different. They had a different recipe. And here's my favorite stat. I talked about it at the beginning of the year. I talked about it in the summertime. I talked about it in a training camp. Red zone offense to play differently the Chiefs had and they to your point they had 73 20 plus passes number one in the NFL by far 13 different players but only seven 20 plus yard touchdowns that put them in the middle of the pack so what happened they were spectacular in the red zone the Chiefs end up second in the red zone with touchdown percentages once they got from the 20 yard line on in second to only Dallas but Dallas had 16 less red zone possessions. The Chiefs had 72. Now, why is this significant? In 2021, the Chiefs were 14th in the league in red zone touchdown percentage. In 2020, they were 14th in the league. Add to that, the Chiefs had 16 rushing touchdowns in the red zone. Hey, 
they opened up a new restaurant with new cuisine, and it was as good as their other restaurant <laughs> with uh, different cuisine. That's what it felt like. They did it different, different recipe, different restaurant, and it's great food. Yeah, just incredible stuff. Should I jump into my surprising go one for now? It. And then you'll go first for defense, right? I'll go first for your most noteworthy stat of the defense, and okay. I'll let you rock on this one. Okay, because it's a good transition because my most surprising offensive stat has to do with the red zone stuff, and it's Jarek McKinnon. We knew what Jarek McKinnon could do. He's been a good player in this league for a long time, had a lot of bad luck. But, I mean, he's been amazing this season, and I don't think even in anyone's wildest predictions they could have expected what Jarek has done this year in terms of touchdown production. He had nine receiving touchdowns this season. That's the most for any running back in the NFL since Marshall Falk in 2001. Think about that. Just amazing stuff from Jarek this year. He had at least one receiving touchdown in each of his final six games. Amazing stuff from Jarek McKinnon. And part of the reason the Chiefs were so effective in the red zone this season was Jarek McKinnon. Awesome. And he brings up my favorite stat, and you know what this is. How many of you out there throughout the world were fans of the 1963 New York Giants or quarterback Y.A. Tittle, right, in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Patrick Mahomes tied Y.A. Tittle in 1963. This record has stood that long, and that is touchdown passes to running backs and tight ends combined. Patrick Mahomes had 28 of those, 16 to tight ends, 12 to running backs, 9 to the aforementioned McKinnon, 12 uh, to uh, Travis Kelsey. So if you're a fan of the 1963 Giants, then the <laughs> names of Frank Gifford or Joe Morrison or Hugh McElhaney will come to mind, all running backs who were catching touchdown passes from the bald-headed Y.A. Tittle. So that's my favorite stat, one of my favorite stats of the year. The other one is, and I haven't seen this anyplace else, this is one of those Mitch and Matt going back and forth at night, revelations, right? I'm texting you late in the night. Patrick Mahomes this season had 704 touches on offense. He lost zero fumbles. And I'm, I want to sick the NFL stats people loose on that one and go, hey, where does that compare historically? Because I have not seen that stat. 704 touches by Patrick Mahomes, zero lost fumbles. That, to me, is amazing. Can we just add that to his MVP resume? Like, we have all the passing yards, passing touchdowns, like every offensive metric, and he doesn't turn the ball over hardly at all. Can I give you one more stat about the offense? Because sure. we have no time limit, and that's just what we want to do here. Um, so Isaiah Pacheco, can we say enough about his rookie season? I mean, we had, a, we had a feeling he would be pretty good this year, just what he did in training camp, but he was remarkable when he really started getting touches in this offense. He finished with, a, with 830 rushing yards, on 170 attempts. That's an average of 4.9 yards per carry. He had at least 60 rushing yards seven times since week 10. That was tied for the most of any player in the NFL with Josh Jacobs and Nick Chubb. Pretty good company there. And when you look at it, the fifth best rushing total by a rookie in Chiefs history, and that includes the late Joe Delaney who had a phenomenal year and Kareem Hunt who led the NFL in rushing in his rookie season when he was a Chief. All right, let's transition over to the defense. And in many ways, very... Um, uh, interesting, and, and some things were uh, surprising about this defense. I'll let you go first with your most noteworthy stat. I think I know where you're going, but I'm going to dovetail off of it. This isn't fair, though. You should go first. That's all right. All right, all right, fine. Well, uh, my most noteworthy stat would be the pass rush. Yeah. 
and it's 55 sacks as a team for the Chiefs. That's the second most in team history. And I know we have the extra game, but still, 55 sacks is impressive. Uh, Chris Jones had 13 and a half sacks over his final 12 games, and then George Karloftis had five and a half sacks over his final seven games. Karloftis finished third among all rookies in sacks this season, really came on strong toward the end of the year. So the pass rush has me feeling pretty good about what they did this year and going into the playoffs. I'm going to give you one that kind of – I'm going to dovetail off of it here because it kind of led to some of those sacks or it um, was caused a little bit by the sacks, and that is this. This is one of those overlooked stacks. It's just like Mahomes' fumble record is the fact that th- there were 33 passes defensed by players who were not defensive backs. Wow. Think about this. Carlos Dunlap had eight passes knocked down. Carl Loftus had seven. Chris Jones had four. The linebackers were right in there with four or five apiece. But the Chiefs were knocking passes down. Think of Super Bowl 54 in the fourth quarter. That's what won that game, quite honestly. There were four straight stops in Super Bowl 54. Three of the four stops were fueled by passes knocked down or altered at the line of scrimmage. It's the most devastating defensive stat nobody talks about because you have to show the video and see what would have been the result had that pass not been knocked down. And that means there's usually a big 20-plus offensive gain there by the opponent had you not altered the pass. To me, it is understated what this defensive front did in altering passes. Sacks, yes, but also changing offensive plays by either getting knockdowns or altering a pass uh, thrown by enemy quarterbacks. To me, the most surprising moment of the season, and I shouldn't be surprised, but it was the dominance of Chris Jones on a consistent basis. Yeah. Chris Jones, we love Stone Cold, but came into this league in 2016, would have flashes of brilliance, weeks of brilliance. But watching him at mandatory minicamp in the summer, you and I watched him, and I thought, oh, my gosh, look at Chris Jones. He's working harder than anybody else. And then we went to St. Joseph and saw him work harder than anybody else. And that's saying something because Mahomes and Kelsey were trying to beat him out. And then his season that he had, the most dominating interior defensive lineman in the National Football League. wasn't Aaron Donald, who I love. It was Chris Jones. 44 tackles, 15 and a half sacks, tied his career record, 17 tackles for losses, four passes defensed, 29 quarterback hits, two forced fumbles, and a fumble recovery. Not only Kingdom defenders, when you look at sacks, look at the yards lost because of the sacks. I could have 15 sacks and the enemy loses 45 yards. He caused the opponents to lose 105.5 yards, which equals seven points on his 15 and a half sacks. Phenomenal year, Chris Jones, and it was every week. And to me, that was surprising, but exhilarating. And always in big moments, it seemed like. Like third, fourth quarter, it's third down, third and eight, you know, the opponent needs a big play, and here's Chris Jones making a huge play instead. Just awesome, incredible season from Chris. He is the heart and soul of the defense, and the defense goes the way Chris Jones does. And more often than not, he was having a huge game, and the defense was having a big game uh, because of that. I also have a member of the defensive line I wanted to highlight for most surprising And again, surprising is tough because we know what these guys can do. But still, if it stands out a little bit, it falls in this category. And how about Mike Dana's season? Now, he didn't have 
gigantic numbers like Chris Jones did, but he was very valuable uh, for this defense. He had 35 pressures this year. That was a career high. He had five sacks, two forced fumbles just last week against the Raiders. Just a very valuable piece of this defense that made big plays uh, when the Chiefs needed him. So loved Mike Dana's year. Looking forward to seeing him continue that. And then one more thing, a bit unrelated, but uh, that I think is worth discussing, is all the rookies that made big contributions on this defense for the Chiefs. We talked about George Karloftis. Uh, he's played in 17 games for the Chiefs this year. He was one of six rookies uh, for the Chiefs defense uh, to play a bunch of games defensively, not just special teams, but also defensively. They combined for 94 games this season between George Karloftis, who played in 17 games, Trent McDuffie played in 11, Jalen Watson played in 16, Joshua Williams played in 17, Leo Chanel played in 17, and Brian Cook played in 16 games. Also, Nazi Johnson didn't play any defense, I believe, but uh, played in 11 games on special teams and was pretty good at times, was good last week against the Raiders on special teams. It's all to say that these guys made plays for the Chiefs this year, and sure, growing pains at times along the way, but if you're a Chiefs fan watching this defense grow, you got to feel very good about all those draft picks that turned into productive players who are only going to get better. I think only the New York Giants are as young as the Chiefs among playoff teams in the entire National Football League. That's 14 teams. Think about that one. And it leads me to a final point before we go to special teams, and that is my moment of the year for the defense was Jalen Watson <laughs> and his 99-yard pick six against Justin Herbert and the Chargers all the way back in the ancient days of week two on a Thursday night in the home opener because it allowed me to look even further. This Chiefs team had four red zone takeaways. Only the New York Giants had more with five in the entire NFL, and it's easy to overlook those. Think of uh, Joshua Williams and his pick at the end zone. After the Chiefs had turned it over, he gets it right back, and the 49ers get no points. Yeah, when we talk about red zone takeaways, some of them can be, hey, you're up by 30 points, and the opposing quarterback chucks it into the end zone and you pick it off. That's one thing, but big-time red zone turnovers by rookies like we saw this year between Joshua against the 49ers and Jalen Watson with the pick six. Just huge, I mean, just amazing moments for those guys. The moment wasn't too big for them. And again, like there's times this year where, sure, there's plays that both of those guys and every rookie on this team would like to have back. But when you think about it, you need every single win to get to where the Chiefs are right now, right, to 14-3 and three to get this one seed. And you need all of those guys to make plays when they can. And, man, you think about some of these games, we'll talk about it in our favorite moments of the season. If one play hadn't happened, if that Jalen Watson pick six hadn't happened, would the Chiefs be in this position? I don't no. know. So just amazing stuff from our rookie class this year. I'm so excited to keep seeing them grow. Answer, no. <laughs> That's why every week matters. All right, special teams, your most noteworthy stat of special teams. So Tommy Townsend. Uh, I know. I probably stole yours. That's all right. I'll dovetail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we talk about it. him week in and week out because he deserves it. Uh, he led the NFL in net punting average this year at 45 0.6 yards per punt and he ranked second in gross average at 50.4 yards and both of those marks were franchise single season records amazing year from Tommy uh, he's been good in his pro career but we were wondering could he take a step forward this year and be one of the best punters in the NFL and the numbers say yes I mean he was the best punter in the NFL this season so great season from Tommy not only did he break those records now think about the Chiefs history of punters uh, Gerald Wilson Thunderfoot for years and years and years, about 15 years, about the same uh, span that Dustin Colquitt had, who was outstanding, punts inside the 20. Uh, Louis Aguiar was very good, underrated as a punter in the 90s. Tommy Townsend obliterated those records, obliterated them. His net and gross 
in taking those Chiefs records were by 4.5 yards per punt on the average for the season. It wasn't just uh, the net record obliterated. Colquitt's was like 41.5 or something. It's like, and he led the league in it, but it was by tons of yards that he did that. It leads me into, to me, the most poignant. There are two um, special teams moments, and it relates to Tommy Townsend because we'll forget about these as fans, and sometimes we'll forget about them when we jump into the weeds of football. Two games, the Charger game at home. The Chargers are thinking they're going to get the first, last possession of the second quarter, first possession of the third quarter. It's the old, hey, we get them back-to-back. Tommy Townsend punted the ball 74 yards. It took 11 seconds off the clock. It took away that possession from the Chargers. They got one less possession in that game. The other one, the Chiefs would have lost to the Houston Texans in overtime. The offense has to punt. Next score wins. Chiefs, oh, they get a stop. Now the Chiefs, after that, if the next possession, a field goal wins it for the Texans. If Tommy Townsend barfs that punt at all, the Chiefs are going to lose that because can't you see Kaimi Fairbairn hitting a 50-yard field goal to win it in one of the most inexplicable wins of the whole season? <laughs> no. Tommy Townsend pins him back at the 13. What's that set up? Oh, a sack strip and a fumble recovery by the Chiefs and Jarek McKinnon's walk-off run. We'll forget that play by Tommy Townsend, but he had a spectacular year. Yeah, he really did. And the growth and major pressure moments is where I think we saw Tommy get so much better this year because those were major moments where the whole spotlight is on him, right? And it's unfortunate because when you think about the Texans game, for example, you don't remember the punt. You remember the strip sack because that's the play, the highlight that goes in the box score and everything. But you're right, it doesn't happen without the punt by Tommy. And if Tommy messes that up, everyone does remember that, that it was Tommy's fault. So it's not fair the way that these things work, but he deserves all the credit in the world for the season that he had. That Chargers game was so awesome. You're right, back in week two. And then even last week against the Raiders, think about when the Chiefs punted from midfield uh, early in the game. It was still anyone's game, right? It was at like uh, the Raiders 40-yard line or something like that. The, he drops a punt to the Raiders like three or four. Yep. And then promptly Jarrett Stidham throws an interception. Chiefs get the ball back, go down and score. He had four punts against the Raiders, three inside the 20-yard line. So he was just remarkable all year long, remarkable last week, and uh, what a season for him. And hopefully he doesn't have to punt much in the playoffs, but when he does, we know we can count on him. That was a seven-sequence thing that happened to make that a 31-13 to game. And we've been around the NFL long enough to know this is all sequential. His punt down to inside the five started everything. It lit the fuse. All right. We're going to close up this edition of what just happened on Defending the Kingdom with your favorite moment of the season. My one favorite moment of the season? Give me one. So it's not really a moment. It's more of a sequence. But the game-winning drive against the Chargers in L.A., it's hard to beat that. Uh, (laughs) It's funny because I'm with you on the road uh, in the booth spotting for you. And – I try very hard to keep my emotions in check while I'm trying to actually help you do your job. <laughs> You're very good at it, by the way. <laughs> it's very I'm difficult very to do. Um, but there was a GoPro in the booth, right? And uh, <laughs> I, I went back and watched my roller coaster of emotions as the Chargers score, and then we get the ball and go down and score. And then 
Uh, Herbert throws the interception to Nick Bolton uh, a few snaps later. And you see me just, I'm taking notes, taking notes, binoculars, then euphoria. And then taking notes, taking notes, you know. Uh, I have it saved on my computer. It's so funny. And my wife watched it, and she's like, you are such a dork. You know that. <laughs> but uh, that moment, I think, was the moment of the season for me. Um, it essentially won the division for the Chiefs. Yeah. There was one minute and 46 seconds left on the clock. The Chiefs are down four, and they go 75 yards on six plays and win the game. And we talk about Patrick Mahomes being the MVP every week. Uh, the stats and the numbers, they all back that up. But there also has to be the storylines and the narratives. And against the Chargers on the road with the division kind of on the line because if the Chiefs lose that game, the Chargers are right back in the AFC West race. And he has to go down there and win the game, and he does it. And that was awesome. And you were there a second straight year in that stadium where I took the sticky note pad of Derek Nelson, <laughs> yeah. who we both like, terrific uh -huh. stat guy, flies to the road games from Houston, and flew it against that plexiglass <laughs> yep. like a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. And I got to do it again. So that was one of my moments because it wrapped up basically a seventh consecutive AFC West title, second in the history of the NFL in division dominance, and nobody thought the Chiefs would be able to do it. Go back and just have some fun and just – Go to your favorite search engine and find what everybody is saying about the Chiefs in the AFC West in the summertime. The second moment was to win this by. That was a very emotional game. And I'll just be honest with you, Matt. I walked into Allegiant Stadium. The week was so emotional and tense because of the front end of the week with, with, with the DeMar Hamlin situation and our guys and what they had to do. And then to have that game pushed up and going on the road in two time zones, and having to get that win to get the one seed, to win that game felt like a playoff win. It was emotional walking into that stadium for me. I was trying to figure out what's going on here, but it was an incredible moment, and it's why we have the bye. Yeah, it was incredible, and I, I think about last weekend, first of all, you're 100% right. It, football was not the priority for much of the week, and then the beautiful thing is when the game kind of rolled around, we got word that DeMar Hamlin was going to be okay, and it, it made it okay in our minds to focus on football again just in time for the game. And that game was stressful going into it because the Raiders were coming off maybe their best game of the season against the 49ers the week prior. Jarek Stidham gave that team some juice, and they were trying to play spoiler, and we had to win to get the one seed. We talked about it the entire way there. But then when I got to Allegiant on a Saturday morning, there was already so many Chiefs fans there, and I saw the guys warming up, and all of a sudden I was like, we're going to be okay today. Like The energy is great. Like, these guys are ready for this today. And then we went out and had probably our most complete game of the season at the perfect time. So mm. now the hope is rest up this week, uh, but don't uh, mentally distance yourself too far away from it uh, and be ready for the divisional round. But just based on the energy I saw from the guys on Saturday, I'm very excited for this playoff run. I'm not going to forget that walk as long as the Lord gives me oxygen on this earth. The walk I did going down across the Chiefs bench to you to do field pass with my eyes filled with tears going, what's going on? And then I had that same feeling. I saw all those fans and go like, let's go. Let's yeah, do this. let's do it. So what just happened? Here's what just happened. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and the rest of this 2022 Chiefs team opened a new restaurant with new cuisine, and it tastes really good. Ten, five, touchdown! Lock it down! And the celebration begins at Arrowhead. 